The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus again, in reply, spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast. But they refused to come. A second time, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and my fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away. One to his farm, another to his business, and the rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. When the king came in, To meet the guests, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. And the king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and his feet. And cast him out into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the course of our lives, especially as we get older, we receive many invitations to many different events and occasions, or even to a lifetime, to a change of our experiences. And every invitation brings with it a responsibility. First of all, we have to decide whether we will even accept the invitation. Then whether or not we will respond, accepting or rejecting it, and then again, whether we will attend. It may be something small, something relatively insignificant. 
It may be something that's insignificant to us. It means a great deal to somebody else. Or it may be something that's purely symbolic but can change our lives, depending on how we answer the invitation. In this world, it probably won't make much difference. But the invitation of God is something else again. And that's something we cannot ignore, except at our own peril. The invitation of God, for us, is an ongoing event. The invitation comes quite simply, at times. Sometimes it's very welcome, but other times it is not. We may be invited to consolation. We may be invited to great suffering. We may be invited to a state in life. We all are. At this moment, all of us are. To some state in life. And that may change. The problem is answering the invitation. Because in the case of God, it's not a matter of accepting or rejecting. Or it is in a sense. But to reject it will determine our life on earth and our eternity as well. Our Lord in the last three weeks in particular has been speaking about that. About the last things in life. And in the end, the judgment that will come to all of us because of God's justice and in God's mercy. And he warns us over and over and over again about not answering the invitation or about rejecting those who bring it to us. Today's gospel is one of those. For the last two weeks, we had the vineyard. The vineyard was the kingdom of heaven. The vineyard is the church. The vineyard is the Eucharist. Today we have the wedding feast. This is a popular image in scripture. The wedding feast. In the Old Testament it's used, going back to Genesis, the idea of this marriage. Between whom? In the Old Testament it's God and his people. God and Israel. And God is always sending the prophets to remind them of just how unfaithful a spouse they have been. It wasn't a perfectly happy marriage between God and Israel. It was a rocky one. And the groom was always having to call the bride back to him and to his love. And the bride would continually wander away. But today, it's something else. If we have a wedding feast, who's the groom and who's the bride? The groom is Christ. The bride is church. That's the wedding feast. So he comes, and now he's speaking once again, remember, to the chief priests and elders of the people. He's warning them about what they are about to do. And so he says that there's this invitation that's sent out, speaking to the people of God, to Israel, to them, the chief priests and the elders. But notice the response. He tells them about the feast and what's going to happen and how they must attend. And we are told that some ignored the invitation and went away. That's our world. That's Western culture. They ignore the invitation. It's not all that important anyway. 
There are more important things in my life. There's a whole world out there of more attractive invitations than the one that comes from God. And more immediate, too. More responsive. Some ignored them, as our world does. Others violently rejected it. As he said, the rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. That violent rejection is part of our world, too. It's a very hostile world out there when it comes to the, the invitation of God. And so the king tells his servants to invite anyone they can find. Here again we have God's universal salvific will. He wants all humanity to be invited to this banquet, to be invited to the kingdom of God, to be invited to the church. And it says, notice, that the servants went into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike. The wedding banquet is filled with bad and good. That's the church as well, as we know. Our Lord tells us that over and over again. That's an, uh, the church is all holy because she's his body. She's holy in her saints, and she is uh, not in all of her members, in those in our sins. So they are invited and they come, as we are invited and have been today. Uh, but there's somebody there, we are told, without a wedding garment. What is the wedding garment? The wedding garment is our response to grace. That's the wedding garment. Again, we tend to be very casual about this. We shouldn't be casual about it. This is the most serious business of life. There was a great book once written called we Die Standing Up by a Benedictine abbot. Uh, I'm sure it's out of print by now. Um, a book of little short reflections on what it means to be part of the kingdom of God and how serious that business is. Without the wedding garments, someone there who has not responded to grace, or rather, you can say that the wedding garment is charity, love, not the narcissistic uh, possessive, self-serving love of our world, but the sacrificial victimal love of the cross. That's not on him. He's not wearing it. And, the, and the, the king asks him, he said, my friend, my friend, how is it that you are, came in here without a wedding garment? He said, but he was reduced to silence. There is no excuse. We may make them all the time. Um, and we do. We have all kinds of excuses for, A, not attending the wedding feast, and B, attending without our wedding garment on, the, the, the garment of love, the, the garment of grace. And so the king orders him thrown outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Well, uh, there we are. We've been invited. We've accepted the invitation. We've come here. By the way, we have to extend that invitation also to the rest of the world. Uh, we're hesitant to do that. Uh, but here we are at the wedding feast. The Eucharist is that feast here on earth. Uh, and we've been invited. We hopefully are wearing our wedding garment. The good news about this is that if we should lose the wedding garment up to a point, we can always get it back because God wants to return it to us up to a point. There will come a moment when it's finished. We will have to answer for the grace that we received and for the charity that we rejected. 
But for the moment, we are here. You know, there are times when I am at St. Thomas More Academy, and I will quote something, and then I'll think, now, did I quote that there, or did I quote that here? Um, or did I quote that to some other group I was talking to? And I don't think, though, I've mentioned this. Um, that Benedictine abbot, Dom Herbert von Zeller, summed up the wedding feast and our journey through it in a rather beautiful way. Uh, and he said, there is no glamour like the fighting finish. But in actual fact, it's the drawn-out business of life that we have to deal with. And for most of us, that is far worse. It means fighting every inch of our boredoms and petty pinprick worries. It means fighting ourselves, our moods, our manias, our phobias, our fixations. There is no glamour there, no applause, no appreciable victories. Die standing up, certainly, but we live standing up as well. We sleep with our boots on. And so when the Master comes, we are ready. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always respond uh, to the grace given to them according to their state in life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all nations of the world, they may come to know the kingdom of God here on earth. For peace, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, that they may know that they are united to the Lord in their kingdom, in his kingdom. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an end to abortion, especially in our own country and city, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood in the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese. For those young men and women who will respond to the grace to proclaim the kingdom of God in a unique way. And for a greater reverence for the grace present in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that they will first of all respond to grace in their own lives and then be able to proclaim that grace to others, we pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. For Our Lady of Levang, who dedicate their new church today, and for the Vietnamese community, we 
pray to the Lord. Lord and for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the grace that we have received. We may always wear our wedding garment untarnished. We pray to the Lord. Lord, And now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Heaven and Earth as we sing. Mm -hmm. 